Another episode. Hello again. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So jumping right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a story for me or an experience in which you either witnessed or personally experienced a sense of obligation? An obligation to act or not act, to speak or not speak? I'm sure I have because, yeah, I mean, really, who hasn't? It's it's a human experience where you are confronted with something and you know you got to do something. Mm-hmm. And then you either do it or you don't. And then you got to live with those the repercussions of your decision. And I am probably going to have to go back in time because I know I shared that recent one with you about New Orleans. Mm. Um, That's what you're asking me, though, right? When something Mm. has happened and I observed it and felt... I needed to get involved in something because out of obligation? Well, or maybe I'm not understanding the question. I mean, that could, that's certainly, this is one of those, I feel like obligation comes in many forms. So in this case, like you were talking about the New Orleans thing, I feel like that might come from an obligation of responsibility to defend. Right. Social justice type thing. Right. You know, protect someone who's, um, the humanity in front of you is being abused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like there's many forms of obligation. I also, when I think of obligation, I think of being a kid and feeling kind of an obligation, a sense of obligation to do certain things to, for example, make sure my mom is not feeling some certain way. Um, I have felt in relationships obligation to be a certain person or act a certain way and that has nothing to do with protecting someone. That's probably more has to do with my boundaries or feeling that that's what I need to pay back in a relationship. That, and that's all coming from my personal experiences that I'm pulling these little threads. But mm-hmm. I'm, So I'm trying to say is that obligation, I feel like, can come from many sources. There's different reasons to feel obligated to act or speak. And your, the case you immediately thought of was responsibility to protect so in any form that you might want to speak of where you either personally witnessed or experienced a sense of obligation, whether you followed through with it or not. Yeah, it's it's um, the, the term is is so generic that mm. my my brain is like going all over the place. Um, I mean, it, as a child, you have a sense of obliga- obligation, uh, being raised Catholic, not to eat meat on Friday or to give up something for Lent. And if you don't do that, then you are going to face the consequences of, of God and and nuns and <laughs> and... and uh, kids that live on the block they're going to tell the nuns that oh, i saw terry's supposed to give up candy and 
you know, I saw her out there eating sweet tarts and and you know, and uh, I mean, yeah, that I, I I guess a sense of obligation. Even children have have a sense of obligation. At at you know, at a young age, you're you know, you might be asked to take care of a sibling or something, and that's the last thing you want to do. Or there's one slice of pizza left, and you know, there's you and your sibling, and you know, siblings younger and. Then, and maybe you feel like, well, you know, I I shouldn't take that, or I used to shouldn't. <laughs> I better not take that. That's, mm. you know, I'll be the creepy older brother or sister or whatever. I I maybe should share that. Um, so, yeah, you you want a specific nice juicy story, and mm. and uh, obligation. I mean, if it helps, we can talk about what you even feel obligation is. We can put the story aside. I mean, mm -hmm. it feels like that's part of what you're struggling with is just, like you said, I think that it's generic or, you know, it's kind of broad. Yeah. Like what comes to mind when you hear the word obligation? What comes to mind for me for obligation, it it it, it it's not a... It doesn't feel like a good thing. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like something forced, something even perhaps phony, something that is expected of me by society or by a family institution. Maybe the family always gets together for Easter dinner. And, uh, you know, Easter, I you know, I, I want to go somewhere else. I want to go on vacation. I want to go skiing. I want to do anything other than, you know, look, go on an Easter egg hunt and, and everything with, with, uh, with an extended family or, or whatever. Um, but you have an obligation. You, mm. you, you will feel perhaps guilty, number one, if, especially if you're the only family member that bails or, you know, like, mm. nope, not doing that this year. And uh, you open yourself up for judgment and criticism, and you're not a team player. And then, um, and then if you have children, and it's you're making a decision for them not to go, and you know that can negatively affect them getting invited to the next family function. It's like, oh well, you guys couldn't come for Easter, so or they're playing a trip somewhere else, and they're like, well, you know obviously you know we weren't important enough to for her to come for easter so mm -hmm. you know I, that's kind of what my brain is is thinking of when you say obligation it, it, it's like you, you're you're forced for one reason or another to do something that you probably let me just think for a second you're forced to do something you really don't want to do because if you wanted to do it, you wouldn't. It wouldn't. You wouldn't feel obligated. Mm -hmm. If you love getting together with your extended family, you probably are excited about Easter, and you look forward to it. And you might bring the little bunny, the you know stuffed bunnies and the jelly beans, and you know, and you get your kids all excited, and like, oh, we're going to see Aunt So and So and Uncle and Grandma, and and um, 
it's only an obligation if you don't want to go. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, by definition, yeah. It's by not definition, it's yeah. something that you yeah. really do not want to do. Mm-hmm. But that little voice in your head is saying, you better do it. Mm-hmm. You feel a sense of duty, of obligation. Yeah, I was actually going to say my definition is like, it's like a dirty sense of duty. Like there's Yeah. A, yeah. At least in duty alone, it feels like an honor that you're, you know, so there's something yeah. honorable within duty or at least contractually obligated or something, <laughs> you know. But when it's obligated, there's this less tangible um, compared to duty type sense. Like, yes. And it seems to me to be very specifically interlinked with relationships. Like, mm-hmm. I could say I have an obligation in my schedule, but that's not, you know, that's different. There's, yeah, it's definitely, there's more of an interpersonal sense that I'm going for. Yeah, that would be more of mm-hmm. like a commitment if you yeah. have uh, an event yeah. on a Tuesday night. Yeah. They're like, no, I'm, I'm obligated to be somewhere else. I'm, I'm yeah. promised, I'm committed, I cannot yeah. make that. Yeah. Commitment, I think. I hadn't thought of that word, but that does. I'm trying to because I'm trying to step back and understand obligation. And I usually think of friends, family, partners, mm-hmm. you know, feeling obligated to get flowers on Valentine's Day, feeling obligated to show up on Easter for, you know, with yeah. a family event and feeling obligated to go to the party that I might not at my friends that I might not be feeling up for yes. that I said I would go to or, you know, but things happen, life happens. Mm-hmm. Um and it's interesting because I feel like the word commitment is a, um, it's almost like obligation feels like it's the tendrils of the commitment. Maybe mm-hmm. in family, especially, you didn't choose to be in that family. <laughs> You're <laughs> in the family. Um, but at least with relationship with friends and partners, at least that was a choice that was made at some point. Correct. <laughs> so there's, there feels like a little bit of, of um, like I guess the reason I'm saying distinguishing that is because with family obligation, it almost feels like, yeah, I can just keep going. Like the obligations, whether it's Easter or the pizza yeah. slice or whatever, it just always, there's always an obligation somewhere yes, around the corner. Yes, there is. There is. <laughs> yeah, it just there, doesn't There are stop. expectations and yeah. obligations. Expectations, and, yeah. Yeah. So for you personally in relationships, whether mm-hmm. friendships, like our, our friendship or mm-hmm. and I don't want to like go into you and your husband's relationship, but, in, mm-hmm. you know, your relationships. Yeah. Do you personally feel like you enforce or have any sense of they are obligated to to do or be a certain person or spend a certain amount of time with or, you know. Because I'm trying to figure out where does who enforces the obligation, who enforces the expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think I automatically think parents mm-hmm. <laughs> show up to the Easter, right? That's like <laughs> right. that's an easy one to jump to. Right. But coming at it from our perspective, mm-hmm. do you? I doubt it, but do you feel like a put obligations on people or? Um. Well, as you know, my my husband and I historically host big parties, but twice a year. Christmas party, Fourth of July party, at our home, 
uh, we usually cater the, the Christmas party because we sometimes have over 100 people there. And, and, and I'll say sometimes because of how my husband's similar, like wired similarly to me um, in the sense that we will invite people, but we don't make them feel obligated. Mm. And consequently, consequently, our our party attendance can be can can have fifty people, and it can have one hundred and fifty people. Mm. I mean, it 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 varies, but because we have a catered and the and the uh, folks that uh, they're almost like personal friends at this point over the years, we've used them, you know, thirty years. Um, they cook the food at our house, so it's it's really not a problem if fifty say they're coming and hundred and fifty come. It might sound like a problem, but it really isn't because of the type of food and and you know and there's a store you can always run up and get some more something, throw it on a grill, make some more salad. So we are loosey goosey with that. Um, so I. Yeah, the the we host parties, but we we also hopefully never make anyone feel obligated to come. Mm. It, if you if you can't make it, we understand, and um, yeah, uh, I guess if if it were a, a case of us booking a cruise for people, that's you know that that's a little different. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. um, if uh, we planned a family cruise and 20 family members said, um, yes, we definitely are interested. Um, can you um, like just spot us the, you know, the deposit or whatever? And we'll, you know, we'll definitely, you know, we're definitely going to come. And, you know, and then we lay out a lot of money and we make plans and plane tickets and all, you know, mm -hmm. something like that is different. Yeah. Then, of course, there's an obligation there there's just an obligation in those situations right, right. now does life happen sure and mm -hmm. maybe some people something comes up they can't make it mm -hmm. and you know and if there's money lost there's money or whatever it, it mm -hmm. so yeah. i i think your question <laughs> i'm trying to remember exactly what you were asking me because i got all deep with these parties um well, I think you answered it. I mean, I was trying to get a sense of do you enforce obligation within your relationships? Because okay. I'm trying to understand where who enforces it ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a difference, like the cruise example, for even the parties, but the cruise is even more distinguished in that that's like a specific one-time in a vacuum commitment mm -hmm. versus when I sense, when I feel kind of obligation on the dirty side, mm -hmm. I, it's it's more like this constant chronic reoccurring type of and that's why i think of family <laughs> because oh, you know yeah. it's it's there's just it's always right there around the corner it's every year it's every you know every sunday or you know whatever it might be because yeah. you brought up god at one point yeah. you know I feel that, and i thought yeah. i didn't even think of god and but that's an important one for sure of that's when it starts feeling uncomfortable where it's it feels more prickly to me 
yeah. of faith. It, but when it is in a vacuum, it, that's more of a commitment. That's like, okay, I, I would say that's more of a commitment than an obligation. And, and yeah, yeah, there is overlap, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, we, we tend, um, you know, I'm the, the youngest out of five siblings. And so one, mm. one of my um, siblings has since you know passed away and everyone's kind of getting up there in age 70s 80s and so I don't have that type of family obligation that perhaps you might be used to with mm. you being your age and and the size of your family and everything <laughs> um so I do not have those type of obligations we we do like within our our own family unit we we would expect um for instance when the um kids are graduating or um one of the children might have a musical or a recital or something you know or or an art show yeah there's the expectation and perhaps obligation that we all are going to go and we meaning myself my husband and the other two kids mm. for the third child you know we all are going to show up at those type of events and I don't really ever remember sensing that someone didn't want to do that mm. like that that you know when I have twins so of course they're in the very similar kind of activities and our son the same I mean he's he's a kind soul and and he you know, and even when it was an ice hockey game that he, you know, his team was playing and the girls would go and they might be shivering and, and, and not care anything about ice hockey, but they would go and, mm -hmm. and they really didn't complain. Mm -hmm. So that, in my mind, is, is probably the closest that we've come to some type of, of, an, of an obligation mm -hmm. would be to support each other in our activities, mm -hmm. which I think is probably just normal or I don't know in, in the families I know that's expected as well mm. unless there are other circumstances yeah so you use the word support which I think is interesting mm -hmm. which I, is a very positive mm -hmm. word in my mind at yeah. least um, and you're saying that you've sensed you never sensed that it was um, there was no there was no resentment it was truly right. supporting so you didn't have to enforce it or kind of right or massage or say, it oh come on you know they he shows up for you you got to right. show up for him or you know or it's going to be boring or mm. whatever I, I mean they might have felt it but they mm. didn't say it so mm. maybe they felt a sense of obligation right and maybe if they were sitting here being <laughs> asked these questions <laughs> they they could tell a yeah. whole different story like yeah oh let me start yeah right. Uh, but as the mom, I I don't I don't really sense that 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 was a a big mm -hmm. imposition or or yeah. that that the children felt obligated right. to do something they didn't that they yeah. would not have done. Yeah. Do you think that? And this is now hypothetical. Yeah. I'm very hypothetical here. Let's say that one of them didn't want to go mm -hmm. and made it clear, not meanly, just mm -hmm. where do you have any sense of where it drifts from? Because if you're being forced to support, that doesn't sound like support, right? Mm -hmm. So like... 
But sometimes if you don't put it out there, children mm-hmm. are children. So mm-hmm. from a young age, mm-hmm. we taught them that that's what families do. They right. show up for one another. Right. They support one another. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that you're demonstrating so, for, a healthy so when you're raised yeah. like that, yeah. it's almost like raised that, that if you go to church on Sunday, if that's part of your your mm. religious practice, mm. after a while you just automatically, you know, it's not like oh I'm not going to church on mm. Sunday. I'm you know, you you, you mm. just get in that groove. Right. So I think yeah. because we started with that very young that we support each other, mm-hmm. and that we would also support friends. Right. You know, if the neighbors kids had something mm. now there was more leeway on that because maybe the you know it depends on which neighbor and which kid you know i sure. mean everybody's going to have different forms of levels mm. of friendship but generally speaking if they were the kids that were in my house and mm. our house all the time playing right. and they had a concert we would go yeah and it just was we modeled that as a form of of you know good community good that's how you build friendships. Right. You show up for each other. You you support. Support is critical. Right. Support each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important in the, that you were saying raised from the beginning on that because um, I was actually just, I think it was yesterday, watching this comedy special of Bill Burr. I don't know if you've seen him at all. I've heard. Yeah, but I'm sure you've heard of him. Heard is, yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't He's know. a, I mean, I certainly enjoy him. He's very very intelligent in a lot of ways and certainly pokes and but in very intelligent ways um and he was like talking about you know his dad having temper issues and his mom you know getting this haircut and he's like kind of yelling at her and and blah blah blah, and he's in the back seat like oh yeah this is a functional relationship you know and i think that's exactly what it is is if you grow up thinking this is what functional is and it is not functional that's when it becomes an issue but if you're saying like you know we support each other we've got each other's backs like i might not be interested at all in ice hockey but i support you who's playing it and that's what's important here that's right and if it wasn't a functional healthy thing that you were teaching that's when i think it could (laughs) start becoming a problem but because of what you're speaking of explicitly is support Mm -hmm. that's the obligation sense feels a little less uncomfortable yes because of what it's about it's not you're not talking about being obligated to you know i'll say from my experience like you know i kind of felt like i was supposed to be that i was responsible for my mother's feelings as mm-hmm. a kid that's not mm-hmm. healthy that's not that's not something that's an that's an uncomfortable obligation right yeah. and that's not a functional or healthy that's not supporting that's yeah. different <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I think that's when that goes into, I think, I guess it's kind of like, yeah, obligation can range. Like we talked about from the beginning with duty kind mm-hmm. of, which is a little bit more straight laced, honorable, I guess, kind of what I think of even commitment. I would almost put in there mm-hmm. to the not so healthy side, which would be like the word that comes to mind a lot with, um, obligation is boundaries Mm -hmm. and a lack of boundaries or not functional boundaries and so there's like a spectrum (laughs) and obligation can kind of range depending on what you're talking about absolutely yeah absolutely do you i guess just based Mm -hmm. on your response right there do you feel that there is like when it's not healthy obligation it's there's this boundaries 
involved. Oh, yeah. Something's going I, on there I, with boundaries. I think I had shared that with you that uh, the most recent yoga retreat I went on, um, mm. they gave us a book on boundaries and protection. Right. And I realized that I have not set boundaries mm. in my whole life. Mm. And, um, yeah, and it explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Always ah. learning. I'm always learning. <laughs> um, and, and I, too, you know, similar with my mom, mm-hmm. you know, definitely felt. Um, see, I, the word, the word, words are mm. weird with me. If I, if they, I, have, I associate that obligation in a negative, in a negative way. Um, but as a child, yeah, I, I was the last one kid home and I did. I think I'd shared this in other episodes. I really was like her counselor. And, you know, I, I heard probably things I shouldn't hear about, you know, her woes and, you know, depression and, and all kinds of things. And and it was me and her. And so, of course, I, they all, that all got, I internalized all of that too. Mm-hmm. But perhaps that also made me the optimistic soul I am because I had to, taught my mother out of being so depressed all the time and had to always try to get her to look at the bright side and things aren't that bad and here's you know maybe we could try this or you know from a young age I felt like I was that type of person by default I had to be or the other choice would be I'd wallow with her in depression right and 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 I'm and I thought like I wasn't going to do that Mm. I don't know why. I, I mean, I I really feel like I am just born an optimistic person. Hmm. But when I was had that kind of childhood, mm-hmm. it super it really made me optimistic and really honed in my skill to 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 look on the bright side and mm-hmm. uh, get joy out of the you know petting the dog or the you know the animals became very but but my mother really loved animals too Mm. so I can't take credit for that but um but I can say that I totally understand when you have that when you have either a mother or father I guess whoever you're close to when you're growing up that makes you you, you know, you're, you're, you're always looking for ways to make them happy or to make it okay for them. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's not easy. Mm. Did you ever, did you feel a sense of guilt if she wasn't feeling happy or did you feel detached from it in that sense? Like you felt, you, you know, you tried to be her therapist, you tried right. to bring out the bright side, you know, it's not always going to be bad and stuff. Did you feel yeah, did you feel a sense of guilt if that, if she's feeling down, that you were responsible for that, or was there kind of a separation there? I never felt guilt that 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 I'm aware of. Mm. If if I it may, maybe sadness, you know, I I, I mean, kids always want to please people, you know, mm-hmm. they you want to make everybody happy, you don't want to see anybody sad, and. I, I, you know, perhaps might have added to, to sadness. Um, it might have also, you know, led to, to me really um, with my interest in art and drawing and everything. I, 
I, I would see comfort in, in crayons and paper and drawing and, mm-hmm. you know, so I, that, that would be how I could cope with perhaps my, my mom not being in a good place. Yeah. Um, I could do what I could do. And then after that, you know, I had mm-hmm. to find my own soothing. I had to find my own right pleasure. So, yeah. But you didn't like beat yourself up for if you think if she so. was not happy, you didn't feel that responsibility of you failed her. No, okay. no, I did not feel that. Mm. No. Because I and I'll be completely honest. I mean, the reason I'm asking is I very much felt that myself where I felt that it was my responsibility, whether she said it or not. I did feel that that was my responsibility. And at some point when I started trying to protect myself and get myself away from that situation as a kid, she was very explicit that I was the one breaking her heart. And I, you know, I, you know, it was my responsibility, you know. And on the other side of it, and I don't know, I guess... From what you've said about your dad, it's not that he outright said there's no obligation to him, but there was an implied, it felt, it feels like from things you've said on this show, mm-hmm. a sense that you didn't feel that kind of obligation to him. Like he could take care of him almost, right? right? Because my father's a lot like me or mm. maybe I should say I'm a lot like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a lot like him right. would be more biologically correct. Yeah. I'm a lot like my, my dad. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my dad didn't let too much bother him yeah and uh you know he was he was like deep lover of of of, of the children you know he loved all of us mm-hmm. um loved my mom too mm-hmm. uh and loved animals mm-hmm. so it, you know when, when you have love there yeah i think i think that's what keeps it from getting too toxic right if if all that love isn't spread around mm-hmm. you can almost forgive somebody if they you know, mm-hmm. if they screw up doing something or they, you know, mm-hmm. it comes back to the intention. If their intention right. is, you know, if you know somewhere, if you know deep inside your your parents love you. Right. If they screw up and, and, and you, you're feeling one way or the other, you can at least hold on to that. Right. That, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even though you're a kid, you still kind of know what mm. love is, you know, mm. you know, if somebody's, if somebody mm. loves you, mm. I, I think it's deeper, much more painful if you don't feel the, the love part. Right. If you feel like you feel the obligation and then you don't feel the love either, mm. or the love is, is a game depend dependent on, will you do this and then I'll love you. If right. you don't do that, then mm. you're not getting my love. Yeah. I never felt that. Yeah. Always felt love one way or the other. Right. Yeah, and I, I do think that's kind of where the difference is because I definitely kind of feel like I grew up in a sense of obligation and and fawning is the word that I hear often. And and I think you did do some fawning yourself, but I think it feels like I know I was I just was racked with guilt my whole life. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of every night I could describe as just me beating myself up and feeling guilty. And I think that's where the difference is, is even I knew logically that my mom was doing her best. And I knew logically that she loved me the best she could. I didn't, I felt more fear yeah. and discomfort than actual tangible love. 
right? So you can logically know something, but that's different than feeling it and feeling that things are always precarious. And then that brings in a lot of obligation because you're like, I don't want to be the one breaking your heart. And I don't yeah. want to make things worse or more uncomfortable than they already are. Yeah. And on the flip side, it's interesting because I had a very strange dynamic. I don't know if I've shared this before, at least on the show, but my dad, something that I really am grateful for, even if it got maybe accidentally taken to the extreme, even though I felt, so my dad always said, and still says, you know, I, I want to hang out with you, but if you don't want to hang out with me, then don't like it's it's I don't need you to hang out with me to feel obligated like that no no yeah, one feels good no, in that. no right. one no right. one feels no one wins you know and I really appreciate that because then it was like if I approached him when we hung out it's because we both wanted to be hanging out I mean he was mm -hmm. clear he always wanted to I just you got to decide when you want to and here I am and I really that is like the opposite obviously <laughs> of what I was experiencing <laughs> on the other side right yeah um, and I say to maybe a little bit to the extreme just in the sense that I think I I felt very lonely my whole yeah. life. And so that had very good intentions, but because of the, the intensity of loneliness, and I don't know that he could have solved it or done anything about it, mm -hmm. but it was like, I'm alone. It was, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's end of kind of where I ended up feeling. And yeah. But the difference is with him, I did feel and do feel tangibly that he loves me. Like it was, it's not just a knowledge where with my mom of a technicality, <laughs> it's like I can feel it, and that that I do think that makes a difference. Yeah, I and do too. It's less obligation, and where he maybe has taken it to the extreme, and maybe that didn't feel good. It's I can more readily, easily forgive that and say, okay, I, obviously your intentions were good. Like, right. I can like you're saying if that love right. is there and sitting in all of it, it's like yeah, you're imperfect. We're all imperfect. Whatever move on like it's not and I think what ha what would help what really helped me too is you know maybe as dysfunctional as the parent uh, my parents were in different ways after an argument or whatever um, like if I would see my my dad bring a cup of tea to my mom or or my mom you know makes make my, my dad sausage and I don't know something he likes in the morning for breakfast mm. it, it like it, you know I could breathe again it's like oh, okay yeah it's it, it like restored you know like you it's like a storm that blows through mm. and and you don't want to be in that storm or you don't you need the storm to end at some point you need a resolution and if the storm is always blowing and you're never knowing oh mm. you know you're like you're never really seeing that little bit of a normalcy yeah I think that can mess you up too and I w was grateful that you know my, da my dad might have lost you know a ton of money at the racetrack and you know boy it was all hell to pay Friday night Saturday night but by Sunday you know my mom's getting pork chops or whatever she's making the dinner and my dad's home and you know walking a dog and mm. they're watching I don't know I'll go real old Ed Sullivan on TV <laughs> watching some, you know, th then as a kid, like life was good again. Mm. You know, it was the storm, storm. Yeah. You're all, your stomach's in knots. You don't, you know, you're like, ah, but then, then, then you see that light and you're like, okay, mm. we're good. We're good again. 
I do think that makes a big difference. And I, I would imagine that that's part of where we kind of diverge from each other's experiences. Because for me, one of the things, and again, I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I know I've said it to you, of like, I really am not a fan of people staying together for their kids, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I think that is flawed logic. If you are fighting and toxic all the time, mm-hmm. what you're demonstrating is this is okay to continue. Right. That is, I know that when people say that, it comes from a good place, but mm-hmm. intention and impact are very different things. Right. And one of the things that I was very grateful for is when my parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know, when it happens versus, you know, when they can say it versus when it actually happens is a little bit different. But by the time I was, you know, seven, it was finalized. I was in a different school at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, what, so while I was grateful that, okay, great, you're not fighting, that's good. And yes. I always am. And I tell everyone that ever talks to me about divorcing or not divorcing and their kids, I'm like, every time, like, please don't, <laughs> don't say you're doing it for your children because that is not mm-hmm. helping them. However, what ended up happening for me in this case was that it became two very isolated worlds that I bounced between. Mm -hmm. And so there's this one world where I felt obligation and fear. The storm never really passed. Maybe there was moments here and there that were good, but they were far and few between. Mm -hmm. And mostly it was just fear and kind of a a worry of when am I going to step on the next mine and, you know. And so then, then, but then you go over here to this other side and it's like, I don't even think. I know their intentions are good. I know they love me, but I don't think they really even know who I am and what's going on. <laughs> it's kind of sense. Yeah. And so then it's like you're just kind of lonely on a ship traversing between yeah. the two worlds. Mm-hmm. There's a storm that I go over here, and then there's a loneliness over here that I'm trying. And, yeah. and so, that yeah, versus what you're saying, if, if, if there's, ah, the sun's setting or rising, and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, a yeah. moment of, hey, we're back to kind of functional again. And the weather always changed. Right. I mean, it never yeah. it never yeah. stayed at the the, the, the sunny part. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. To to the very end, it, yeah. it was woo. And I too, gosh, I vividly remember saying to my friends, I was maybe I don't know, eleven, twelve years old, when 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 families well, some families were were, were getting you know, parents getting divorced and mm. and uh, and then everybody was fearful and I'm like. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it might not be a bad thing in my case, you know. Yeah. You know, it yeah. might not be bad right. if my parents get divorced because, yeah. you know, why should you stay and like, you know, not be happy with yeah. who you're married to? Right, out of a sense of yeah obligation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that could be a whole other topic of of of, of why a woman, my mom's mm. age in that time, you right? Know. Well, that is totally different. no, no, you know, no education, right. no really other than maybe yeah. wait, she could waitress or yeah. you know, survival. Where would she live? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean all. The, yeah. Oh, judgment from every. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. Yeah. 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 When it's not when there's the matter of survival and all of that, then it totally changes the variables mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. In today's world, I mean, and I say that with a broad, broad brush, because God knows, I'm sure there are still Mm -hmm. situations where where women really they they are totally dependent in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways, and they don't have that. Mm -hmm. They they really can't leave easily. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like help properly from social services and who knows what. Controlled Um, in ways that are. Yes. Subversive. And, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I was going to say, you know, in, in today's world, it, it, it 
for a lot of people, for mm. more women in today's world, it's a possibility right. to, to 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 get divorced and mm. and have a you know a healthier healthy relationship whether you remarry or not you right. know just have a healthy relationship with your kids mm. hopefully w even with the ex spouse you know mm. I mean that would be ideal right I think that's the goal yeah that everybody hopes for if you get divorced you can mm. s be friends and mm. you know move on kids turn yeah. out okay I mean that's the hope right yeah yeah and I will add as a little asterisk on my situation while there was obviously issues left, right, and center, they're one of the things, in addition to them getting divorced and not holding one quote for us, is that they also kept civil between them for us. They never became friends, but even to this day, there is a a respect. Uh, they made a you know a point of not talking trash, trash about, about each other the, to us. You know that type of yeah. thing. They the custody was equal. Not, neither of them tried to. Mm -hmm. you know take us you know so to speak so and i think that is critical that you don't let your relationship your adult relationship with your partner become your kids problems that yes you don't make them in any way obligated or responsible or affected in ways that you can prevent obviously they're going to mm -hmm. feel if there's a divorce but to to not make them pawns of the fight or yes. not be toxic with each other with them as right in the middle of the toxicity mm -hmm. and yeah i think that is critical even if you can't be friends that's <laughs> you right can at least be right. civil be civil yeah that's right. and responsible adults about mm -hmm. hey it's just it didn't work out that that's life it's that's okay right. that happens it's okay <laughs> and demonstrate that like i always loved it about parents uh, Brene brown talking about being it's not about being perfect for your children and they're perfect and they're wired for perfection no they are not perfect. They, mm -hmm. That is, you're setting them for, up for failure basically by saying that and act and trying to be perfect yourself. Like make mistakes and show them how you handle it. That's right. And if you're in a relationship with a friend or a partner or whatever and it doesn't work out, you demonstrate how to handle that. That's correct. Because they're, guess what? They're going to, they're human. They're going <laughs> to find themselves in situations too. So you want to show that. That's know. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we sailed all over the sea on obligation. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Without a story. Although there was a lot of little stories little, and tiny yeah, stories here yeah, and there, tidbits. Mm -hmm. Well, I I see obligations a little bit of like a um, a cousin to control, or maybe like a form of control, and so that's why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> made our way into that one. Um, so, yep, I think it's a good time for us to talk about or you know speak on something that we are grateful for or about ourselves or love about ourselves. Uh, grateful that, that you and I can carve out time to, to talk about these really, um, I don't know if difficult's the right word, but, but you know, they're heady. These are heady <laughs> yeah. conversations. Yeah, they are. They, they really are. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that because they're, there might be one other person on earth that I could do that with. <laughs> not, oh. not many. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm honored to hear that. I didn't realize. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's always scary. I mean, obviously, we've been having these conversations before the mics and the lights were in here. Mm -hmm. Like we've, it's totally different with the camera on us and everything. Um, and it definitely makes me nervous in a different way than if it was just you and I. But it's especially like, 
every time there'll be moments in episodes where I'm like, ooh, what's that? Uh, and then I listen to it later. I'm like, no, we're good. <laughs> no, yeah, it was difficult. Yeah, whatever. But it was, it, it, no, it was good, you know. Um, so I appreciate you saying that because I feel mm-hmm. the same way that mm-hmm. I definitely have deep, com- challenging conversations, heady mm-hmm. conversations with some people. But this especially scenario where we're like really being vulnerable, vulnerable to the whole world mm-hmm. is uh, I don't I don't know that I could do it with anyone else. Maybe my therapist. <laughs> she would never. That would be ethically wrong. So. <laughs> um, I. I love about myself. I'm grateful in myself that I can hold multiple truths at once. Like when I talk about specifically my relationship with my parents, you know, there's the technically feeling love there's the actually tangibly feeling the love mm-hmm. um the knowing that they're trying their best the um but you know the intention versus the impact i'm i'm grateful in myself that i think one of the reasons that that i love deep conversations like these and why one of the reasons that i feel that not only that i have kind of survived a lot of really difficult things in my life but also i think i'm cusping into not just surviving, but into thriving, is because I can hold multiple truths mm-hmm. simultaneously. It's, it's not black and white, mm-hmm. that they can exist, not even in parallel universes. They exist all in the same universe. Um, and I think that that's a real gift to myself in being able to kind of process and accept what I've experienced, who I am, and where I'm going. I mean, even now, even these conversations being in these with you, I trust no matter what we say or do, and it goes out onto the internet, I trust us because we can hold multiple truths at once. We can be vulnerable. We can grow. We can, mm-hmm. we know that in ourselves. And basically, we're like, yeah, we're imperfect. Our parents were imperfect. <laughs> Life's imperfect. And we're striving not for perfection, but for love, mm-hmm. for growth, for humanity. So it's, I used to be a much, much, much more black and white person. And obviously out of a sense of needing control <laughs> because of trauma and stuff. Um, and so, I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful that I'm, I'm like, I pretty much live in the gray at this point. It's. That's good. Yeah. Gray is where it's at. Yeah, gray is. That's where the peace is at. <laughs> Honestly, that's. <laughs> it is. Like, get you some gray. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for another day in the nook, and we'll carve out some yeah. more time shortly. Soon. Sounds good. All right. Okay. <laughs>